0: Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. If you've never been an Audible customer and want to see what they offer, just go to www.audibletrial.com slash excelsiorjourneys and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title for free, and start listening. It's that easy. Why Audible? Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. And with this free 30-day trial, you'll have your pick of it all. You can hear books of all genres narrated by Jim Dale, Stephen Fry, Will Patton, Alex Hyde-White, Jeff Brick, Neil Shaw, William Demerit, and even a few by me, George Soroy. So go to www.audibletrial.com slash Excelsior Journeys and start your own 30-day journey with Audible today. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of the award-winning podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire, and you're listening to the Excelsior Journeys with George Sheroy Prepare to ignite. Is there a burning desire within to share your creativity with the rest of the world? Do you insist on pursuing your passion by any means necessary? Then you are on an Excelsior journey, and you are not alone. Welcome back to Excelsior Journeys. My name is George Saroy. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for enjoying this great second season of pretty amazing interviews that I've had so far, um, and you know all 50 episodes before this have been have been terrific, and it's really just been a, a real thrill being able to share all these great stories with all of you. Um, for those of you who have not yet subscribed, um, I hope you take the time to do so. You can find the show on Apple, Google, TuneIn, Spotify, Stitcher, and its home base Podbean. Uh, there is a whole lot of you know great stuff that's coming up. I'm really looking forward to uh, to sharing all even more stories with all of you, and. Anyone who uh, feels free to subscribe, like, comment, share, whatever the case, all of it is so appreciated. And um, for this week, I need to give a big shout out to uh, to a friend and uh, former interview, uh, former guest here named Joel Eisenberg. Uh, Joel has not only been just uh, provided for a terrific interview, um, but he has also been a a really great, um, really great person who has been sharing the show so much more that uh, that I've been able to get even more guests on board through his recommendations. And I'm so, so thrilled to have one of those right here with us uh, for this week. Uh, Kathleen Gatti is a two-time Emmy-nominated actress. Uh, sh- her She's been in very various different formats of uh, of storytelling all you know like in so much more than just than just television she 's also done daytime she 's done prime time she has done she has done digital she 's done all you know the, the whole gamut and it 's been a real thrill to kind of look back and see what uh, what she has what she has done in the past and what she has in store for all of us in the future and it 's a real thrill to have her here. So that way, she can share her own excelsior journey with us. So it's my pleasure to introduce Kathleen Gatti. G- Kathleen, how are you today?
1: I'm good. Thank you for having me, George. I'm
0: honored. Yeah, and thank you so much for being here. This has been um, it's been great, you know, getting to uh, getting to chat with you beforehand, and I am really excited for uh, for this for this chat. So, uh, first of all, the uh, the second Emmy nomination just happened recently. So. Uh, very very much congratulations for that. Thank you. Uh, and uh, so I'm curious to know like what uh, what you have in store for us um, now. You know, like it, you have something that's uh, just come out, something that's in development. Uh, feel free to let us know.
1: I, I do, but right now, I just have to say about the Emmy. I've been to a couple of Emmys. <laughs> Emmys are Emmys aren't really awards. You get all glammed up, high heels, the dress, the outfit, the makeup, the hair, everything. It's really quite, quite a big event you go to this lovely event and and this time I was sitting at the computer in shorts a nice top <laughs> some pearls makeup with the other four nominees we had a blast because we were talking you know we got to meet each other from somewhere in New York somewhere in LA some you know all over it was kind of fun and the five of us were just chatting away and and then they had the Emmy noms and we just had to sit there and behave ourselves and we're sitting the <laughs> computer. so
0: so so with that with that in mind though I I am okay. curious and still like this all of this has been happening in such a totally different fashion than what yeah. we're all used to. Did you just um were the were you able to just kinda like you were able to just kind of chat and everything and then all of a sudden like they announced your category and everyone had to be quiet or was it we had was it something we had to,
1: We actually had a rehearsal make sure the day before make sure everyone's technical equipment, everything's up and running. And then we had to join in about an hour before the actual award ceremony. Once again just make sure everything was up and running and during that time we were just chatting with each other and then they said okay now just so you know at least five minutes before and at least five minutes after do not pick your nose do not do not move that is great (laughs) Stay focused, as if you're on camera because you never know you might be on camera so it was right (laughs) very entertaining slightly different a little anticlimactic for you know getting my second emmy nom but i was grateful and it's okay so it was, it was fun. All, that's all that's fun. so cool. All, all things considered, you know, for what everyone is going through, it was nothing. It was it was just a, a lovely moment in the middle of all this crazy stuff.
0: It definitely seems like everyone is doing their part to really kind of adapt to everything. Um, you know
1: what? I think we have to. Yeah. Everybody. I mean, the main thing is to stay as safe and as healthy as possible to protect yourself and others. A lot of people are taken seriously. A lot of people aren't. And that's really frustrating because it just prolongs mm-hmm. all of it. Right. And um. And, and yes, you just have to go with it. You know, there's, there's days when I just go crazy and other days when I'm like, I'm so grateful. It's a chance to sort of stop and take a breath and mm-hmm. look at your life. Because I think yes. since I've been three, I've been going. And it's been decades mm-hmm. and decades and decades. I've just been going, 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 a little vacation here and there. Otherwise, just working like a machine. And it's now you're sort of forced to stop and take a look, you know, and you have to, it it gives you a lot of thinking time. And I, you know, I, it's been interesting. It's been a really interesting self introspective introspective time.
0: Absolutely. And before, before we go into, uh, to your project, I do have, I do have a COVID related question for you too. Um, With everything that's going on when I'm curious to get your, your feedback on this since you've obviously, Got, you know, gotten a lot more you know, like work out there than I have. So I'm really curious to know, to know your feedback on this. But when everything eventually comes to some sense of normalcy, like we had before, obviously it's not going to be exactly the same. But um, are there certain things that you've been picking up over the last several months that you think you're going to hold on to when, uh, when everything is kind of goes back to somewhat of what it was before?
1: Absolutely. Um, one thing is I used to go to the gym almost every day and Mm -hmm. a lot of times when i'm working i can't go so that extra is like two three hours a day of driving and being there and and taking class or something and that was like i have to go and i would be so frustrated we've now my husband and i we sort of created a gym at home Well, not sort of we have created a one of Mm -hmm. the spare rooms into a gym and I can work out there. If I have to, I can run in for 15 minutes or half an hour, just do something so I feel normal and great, and then I can start my day. So, you know, if I have more time that I can do, and there's YouTube, you can do tons of classes. So, I was able to separate myself (laughs) from the idea that I have to go to a gym, which was just daunting. I mean, that was my life. I I used to be a dancer. I know you want to ask me about how I started stuff, but basically, you know, my whole life, I've been moving and dancing and that's been such a big part. So that that's a big thing for me, huge. And then I don't need to go to the hairdresser. I don't need to have my nails done. I, I don't need to, you know, we used to go to, we'd eat out and go to movies. That's our, that's our, and traveling. Those are the three mm-hmm. things that have been the hardest. Yeah. But we don't eat out. We don't, you know, we haven't been to movies. We're not going back for a long time and we are not eating out or taking or doing takeout. None of that we just just right. extremely as cautious as possible going to the store once a week, once every other week. So mm-hmm. a lot of things have changed and I'm okay with it. Initially it was difficult. Now it's like, you know, we're okay. Yeah. We just get home, yeah. we can go, you know, obviously, I mean, movie going to the movies is my passion. I, I just, you get lost in this giant screen and you're, it eats you up and inhales oh, you. Yeah. And that feeling doesn't go away I and mean, we don't have a big theater at home. So that's not how, that's not part of the story right now. I mean, I don't know how we could do that maybe move the garage into it, make it into a movie theater or something. But, um, yeah, yeah. But, you know, so that's okay. Those are things. And then travel, that's been really hard. But the other stuff, no, I, I think I've really been okay. I can cut my own hair. I've been cutting it and coloring it myself for years. And the nails, it's okay. I can do that myself. So this, you know, and so I'm sure there's a lot of other things. I do miss the social contact with people, but yeah. I have been much more, because I've had more time. I've been FaceTiming with people I haven't talked to in 20, 30 years. And that's it's great. It's been great. I've really reconnected. Really enjoy that. So it's been a blessing. It's been hard, and and sadly, I know a lot of people who have passed because of COVID, and it breaks my mm. heart. So that's the reality of it. Yeah. But but the other the other part has been really a blessing.
0: That's great. Yeah. It's it's a, that's a great that's a great way to look at it too, because I mean there really is, you know, not much that we can really do in terms of in terms of this, like the we can. We can put on, our, we can keep our masks on when we go outside. We can, you know, just um, operate as, as cautiously as we can. And hopefully, you know, things will eventually work itself out. But uh, that's a great way to look at it. You know, just kind of thinking well, of it like, what, also, can, what can you do, you know?
1: Well, also because I'm an actress and that's mm-hmm. mostly on camera where yep. you – go to a place where they put you on film and you're around other people and and all that has that has came, came to an abrupt halt yeah uh, within like 24 hours mm-hmm. so that and, and i was i've been recurring on general hospital for the last eight years besides other projects but that's been like the main work chunk of work the last eight years and that mm-hmm. came to a halt they just reopened and then just started getting back but when that came to a halt and a lot of other projects that i was going to do came to a halt and going to Europe and working there, all kinds of things. It was like, what do I do now professionally? Mm. What do I do artistically? Which for me is, yeah. the financial is a very important aspect, obviously, but the creative, I need to do something creative or I'll go crazy. Yeah. So I started cooking. I was like, you know what? I'm going to write a cookbook. You asked me what, my, what I'm working on. I'm, I've been writing, but it's not a cookbook like, oh, these are special recipes. It's called uh, Recipes of My Life. Hmm. actually i'm not sure that or my life in recipes i'm playing with the title and my change but right now the working title is my life in recipes actually nice. my life yeah so that's but it's kind of stories when i was a kid and the things my mom made and the things that triggered my memories and my emotional i call it emotional eating what is it that it's you know the smell what does that conjure up the feeling so talking about my life my childhood my uh, growing up traveling i had a restaurant and a cookie business in in hungary when i lived there as an actress and i always wanted to have a bakery i come from four generations of artists performing artists and bakers oh, so wow. it's in my blood and i love to bake and so i was like you know this i had the bakery and i had the restaurant so i have recipes from there and then my my husband's mother-in-law she was uh, from lebanon and made incredible lebanese food so i just kind of all these stories that are part of my life so i've been working on that it's been extremely fun and there are days where I'm like, I, I'm uninspired. I, I respect writers. I have learned to respect writers so much because it's hard. You know, it's yeah. like, oh, I can write this down. It's like, wait a minute, this is dull. This is not fun. No one's going mm-hmm. so yeah. to care. And I want to make it warm and kind and funny. And there's some things that are heavier and some things that are f- humorous. So, you know, it's kind of like a, just a cross section of my life, if you will. And all the recipes that go along with it. Mm-hmm. And my girlfriend um, in New York, she... She was my roommate for years, really a sweet, dear friend of mine. I've known her since we were teenagers. And she came home one day, and it was was winter, and I think it was Christmas, and we were both alone. And I remember I made this warm pasta dish because she was sad and broke up with some guy, and it was just heartbreaking. So I made this warm pasta dish, and that became our it's just a comedy, you know when we say oh yeah i think i need some warm some of your warm pasta dish you know <laughs> <laughs> i call it the you know the, the the healing pasta dish or something i don't know but you know things like that that have meaning not just like here's a pasta dish you know right
0: it's it's so funny that you should say that because i actually have a similar dish with with uh, one of my best friends um he oh, really? uh, oh yeah he's like um we live we lived together from 2001 to 2005 it was myself him and, and another roommate yeah. and we were coming back from uh, we were coming back from uh, from a um, from a uh, a dorm a dorm opening ceremony mm-hmm. uh, for for the college that we went to and on our way back like he was exhausted because he had done like a lot of singing and everything because he was also in musical theater yeah. and I said and he said like um, he's like I'm gonna I'm gonna lie down and I was like well why don't I just make something and it was just like a basic macaroni and cheese with ground beef like that's as simple as it can be yeah. <laughs> and as you know like as soon as he started eating and everything he just like perked up yeah. and it just became like uh-huh. he called it the business like that was that was his uh that was his um his name for it and he was just like why don't you make the uh, the thing the uh, the business and so that's basically what it was so it's exactly what you were going through <laughs>
1: exactly it's a happy food that gives you exactly
0: yeah it's it's really it really is like it's full-on comfort food like i mean mac and cheese is comfort food on its own Absolutely. but you add some ground beef in there and all of a sudden it's like comfort food it. plus <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: so um, my book's gonna have about 100 recipes you know everything from big goods to you know all, all kinds of stuff cooked meals not much meat i'm not a pro at meat. So I'm probably going to leave those out, but I have a couple of Hungarian dishes. My mom made all kinds of fun things like she'd be mad. So we would get her mad. So she would make the schnitzel, you know, you have to take out the meat and pound it to, to death so oh, we're I'll like, John, we, I don't know we do something we'd piss her off and out would come the wooden board and she'd beat that thing to death and we'd be like yes we're getting schnitzel so I call it like, <laughs> mom's angry schnitzel so you know I have that kind of things that I'm writing about but I have to make it interesting in my writing you know it's like it's I write this story and I go oh that's really nice and I read it, I go oh my god that's really awful so I have yeah. to you know it's 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 I off off the off with a hat to all the writers out there it's a big hard job
0: well, as as a writer, thank you, and uh, and yeah, I definitely agree because you you yeah. definitely need to have that that personal touch. Absolutely, because um, like that's what that's what everyone always says is just like uh, you know all these uh, these books, these stories, and everything like that. They, oh, they've all you know like all the stories have been told. I'm just like, but not yours, you know, like not right. the one that, that's in your point of view and your voice, that is reflective of your experiences.
1: That, that is, has
0: not been told, so you got to get right. that out.
1: That's right. That's true.
0: Yeah. So, um, so let's go back to the very beginning. You, you mentioned you know, like your family. So this is probably you know, like, it's probably kind of a slam dunk question here. But let's go back to the very beginning, that moment that you had. I always call it like the lightning bolt moment, the moment that, you know, that made you point in the direction of where you are and to say, like, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to be. That's the life that I want to have. What was it for you that got you started on the path that you're on right now?
1: I have a very specific moment. I was three years old mm-hmm. I first of all, as I said before, I came from a musical. My father was a symphony conductor. My mother was an opera singer, so there, there was always oh, music man. in the house that wow. it just permeated my soul i don 't know how else to put it and yeah. if I hear music i 'm just it 's going to make me happy or sad or ball my eyes out or running out mm-hmm. of the room or whatever it's, it, i can 't listen to music without reacting in some some visceral way um so i was three years old and there was a uh, we had a small little black and white tv set and there was some rerun i guess if you will of this beautiful russian ballerina famous prima ballerina galina ulanova and she mm. was dancing the lead role of giselle i'm three years old i'm watching this little screen i tell my parents that's what i want to do Mm. I want to be a bat, prima ballerina. And my poor parents. I, I, I'm jumping ahead many years where people said to me, "So, what did your parents want you to be?" And my parents were like, "Are you kidding? This girl, we can't tell her anything." I mean, I was from the time I was little. I knew exactly what I wanted. I wanted to perform. I wanted to entertain people, and mm. I would make my poor sister <laughs> make her dress up <laughs> with me and entertain the family and do. And I did a lot of theater. Um, as a child, in, I wrote, my, wrote when I was eight, I wrote, directed, and produced my first play in school, made the whole school watch. I mean, I was a very, I don't want to say tough, but I was strong, um, assertive young lady, if you will. Yeah. I hate the word aggressive. If you're a girl, you're aggressive. If you're a guy, you're assertive. So let me say assertive. Strong,
0: strong-willed. You know?
1: Strong-willed. Very strong-willed. Yeah and just knew what I wanted and I, I moved mountains I mean I did everything I could I studied I worked hard then then our family moved you know I, I think I stopped dancing for a while then I started again but anyway I did pursue ballet for years and years had an injury Why, and and while I was studying ballet I was also doing acting so the injury made me stop for a year and I was mm-hmm. devastated I thought my life was over you know you're 16 you're like or you know it's like you had one plan. But I think right. the beauty about life is especially parents that open the world to their children so they are exposed to theater and art. And you know, my sister became a visual art artist. She was a fantastic artist and I was untalented at that. But my parents exposed us. We went we took art classes and ballet and, and heard music and I, I wanted to be a maybe a concert pianist, but we didn't do my father and mother did not want us to be musicians so they did not encourage that way but they couldn't right. stop me with the ballet that was I was unstoppable but yes. um so I, I pursued that I that was my heart so, so I changed gears for a year I had to stop dance and I had to like now it's kind of interesting reboot and go you know what I I took a summer course of acting I did a viola spolen technique uh, University of Windsor. I did a, mm-hmm. a six-week program. In fact, I just wrote to the teacher, Diana Mady Kelly. She was wonderful, and it just opened my eyes. I went, oh, I'm able to express myself. Okay, not just with my body, but with words that someone else has written. This is fantastic, right. and it just opened this beautiful door. Of and again, I had done theater. I've done you know a lot of uh, in school and stuff, but it really um, solidified it for me that this this is a way that I can use my dance, my singing, and I also sing and sang too. So, you know, I was able to use everything, all the tools that I studied. So I I studied more theater. Then I went, I mean, more singing and dance. But I moved to New York Mm -hmm. and I I went to school there. I I like to say I studied and worked there for 10 years, paid dues for 10 years. I studied with everybody. My parents were adamant. You don't just study with one teacher because they only learn one thing. You study with as many people as you can to Mm -hmm. get different visions different ideas yeah and it was interesting because so some teachers were like it ha- this is you're acting it has to be done this way i'm like but this is a creative process so mm-hmm. you know so anyway i can go on and on but i won't right now i'm sorry i'm, I'm just saying that this, <laughs> you know it's, it was really a good uh, a solid advice for my parents so I, I studied with everyone i went for a couple of years to one school and then another school and private teachers so i did tons of theater every night I would go to the work in a butcher shop in the morning from like 5.30, 6 in the morning till 2.30 in the afternoon as a bookkeeper. Wow. And then from there, I ran to acting school and I was there from like 2.30 till 7.30. Then I, went, I would run to a theater. It was always running. You don't walk, you run, because right. you're always late. You run, yeah. <laughs> <The> time is <laughs> like the essence here. And, and,
0: and nothing's ever right next to each other. Is no, it? no, it's New York.
1: So yeah. then I would go to the theater and I worked in tons of theaters all over Manhattan. And I would work mm-hmm. there from seven 30 till 10 30 and then go home and go to sleep and get up at five, you know? So it was like, this went out for years, but it just made me appreciate and, and the discipline from the dance I think really helped that, but it made me yeah. appreciate the work, the material. I respected it. I wanted it. I was passionate about it. I still am.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, albeit
1: I'm older and I don't, if I, you know, again, just like, how has this time changed me? It's like, if I'm not working, I'm okay because I can do enough things at home to fill that creative void for now you yeah. know not always, but at least for a time time being. So it was really you know so I studied, I worked my butt off, I went to New York. I basically I was working on I um, started doing film and television, and mm-hmm. I got a really nice a sweet role on all my children. Well, it wasn't sweet, let me correct it. it was very evil. Happy <laughs> Winslow. I said sweet. I don't know why that word came out of my mouth. <laughs> But anyway i'm lying my nose just through me and just very evil uh woman anyway so I, but for a few minutes i was hot you know people like, yeah. oh my god, you gotta go to la la everybody wants you this is great and i i came out to la and people were like oh my god you're young and blonde and beautiful blah blah and so talented i mean you can act circles around the people here we want to it was great it was very good for my ego but also oh, yeah. not just for the ego but good to know that i had been working all the work had paid off that right. my studying had paid off that everything and not to make it sound like a sob story but i was i went back to new york to pack up and move and mm-hmm. my mother was living in canada and she said and i was going to visit her for a week and she said um I, a week won't be enough could you come for longer please and my mm. mother and i were the closest beings in the whole world and right I was actually pissed off. I'm like, "How dare you? This is my (laughs) I had my big break, you know." Yeah. But anyway, so I did stop. But as soon as I went to visit, turns out she was terminally ill.
0: Oh.
1: And she didn't want to tell me because she Mm. she knew I was in this trajectory of career stuff. Anyway, long story short, basically a year fell out, and Mm. I was lost emotionally, personally, every possible way. But I called Hollywood, like, okay, so it's a year later, but. I'm able, I'm, you know, I can move here. Let me just tell you the door, nobody knew who the beep beep I was. Who is right. this? Well, I was in All My Children and I did, don't remember. Manager wasn't even working anymore. The, all the people that were interested casting, everyone forgot. It's amazing, you blink <sighs> in five minutes, you are chopped liver. Yeah. So my ex and I at the time, we went to Hungary. I'm of Hungarian descent. I'm actually was made in Hungary and popped out in Canada. So we went there for two months. So I speak Hungarian Mm -hmm. and some other languages. So we went to Hungary to do a film. And while I was there, I had been there the year before I did a film there. It came out and I won Hungary's. It's kind of the equivalent of a Golden Globe. The Television Mm -hmm. Film Critics Award for Best Supporting Actress. Oh, wow. And all of a sudden, while well, I'm there for a couple of months to do a feature film. I'm mm-hmm. getting calls to be leads in television series and feature films. And it was just this gore. And it was like, Mom, thank you.
0: <laughs> right. It's there one was. of those things. Yeah, it's 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 one of those things where just like it's. It's you ne- like you said, you never know like what you know like what you're what's going to happen when you make that sort of a plan, when you make that sort of
1: you don't know, and it was yeah. like I was, you know. Again, the trajectory was to come to Hollywood back then. This is ninety, ninety, and then and then my mother passed in ninety one, and mm-hmm. then I came. I went to Hungary the end of ninety one, early ninety two, and there was this, the, all of a sudden, this incredible career opened, and it wasn't yeah. a fame celebrity. I. I was treated like an artist. People Mm -hmm. appreciated the work. They would stop me in the street kindly, kind of like the fans of General Hospital. They stop you at Trader Joe's when you're sampling something, your mouth is full of food, and they're like, I love you, and and you're like, "Mm -hmm, (laughs) "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, let me get the food out of my mouth. (laughs) <laughs> you know, they're kind and they're really warm and they give you a hug. That's how it was in Hungary. It's not just like, you know, they're attacking you with, you need 50 security guards when you're that famous. Right. But I became, again, I hate to sound, um, I don't want to sound a big, big shot or anything, but I became one like the Meryl Streep of Hungary or one yeah. of the top actress of Hungary and I was respected I was treated well the work was meaningful because it spoke to my roots you know of being from Hungary my parents went through the war and all kinds of terrible the revolution and plane crash I mean they went through everything and I got to continue where they left off in 1956 yeah. 35 years later I got to go back 36 years later and follow in their footsteps And it was very meaningful for me. I I would have stayed. I I stayed for six years and I had a cookie business, a restaurant, and a theater and worked nonstop as an actress. So I was Mm -hmm. working from every end possible. Um, But the economy, you know, uh, communism ended. So the government stopped subsidizing the arts. And basically the, the film and television industry shut down for 10 years.
0: Oh, wow.
1: So I was like, wow, I have a cookie business. I have a, you know, I I can open like 10 sort of like Starbucks I was going to open. And then I'll come to Hollywood. And I went and I found a property and I was about to start my first cafe. Uh And with my baked goods, and it was, it would have been like a Starbucks, but it was really cute little idea. And that was sweet, literally, with, you know, red tables and mirrors and sunflowers and the kids sitting at little tables on the floor and the adults at the counters. (laughs) Anyway, I had this all planned. I found my first place and I'm very enthusiastic. If you haven't noticed, I I share my (laughs) thoughts and the architect came and then food and drug administration, everyone came and, you know, to do the permits. And I explained what I wanted. The woman who had owned this place who hadn't done a thing with it in like three years,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: that as I was supposed to go and sign at the lawyers the next day, she called half an hour before I was about to sign and get this going. And she said, I changed my mind. I want to do it. (gasps) Now, man, but you know what? I was devastated. I had this thought out. I had spent money, got it ready. Again, it was the first of 10 I was going to open. And a few years later, when they were all up and running, I would leave. Each one would have its own star, you know, the Robert De Niro of Hungary, the other, you know, there's some, I found a group of 10 wonderful, famous actors in Hungary, and mm-hmm. they would have their pictures on the walls and they would stop by so fans could come in. You know, it was just, I thought it was yeah. a well thought out plan. Anyway, but when she said that, I was, I, I sat and cried probably for 24 hours. I felt sorry for myself. I was angry.
0: Mm-hmm. I was angry.
1: But I tell you, 24 hours later, I was so grateful because that was it. I was coming back yeah. to, I was coming back to start that path. I was 40 years old and I went, you know what? I know I'm too, I'm, I'm older, but I don't care. I'm going to give Hollywood a shot. I'll give myself right. three years. And if it doesn't work, I'm going back and I'm going to open 10 stores. Mm-hmm. And that was 22 years ago. And thank God I, I, I have a beautiful life here. I have a career here. I've met my yeah. husband 13 years ago. We have a wonderful life. I'm so grateful. But everything has a reason. Yeah. Even if it's, it really painful, does. it's painful, it throws you in another direction. Mm-hmm. So I still have a home there. We go back and, you know, love to spend more time there. Happy to work on projects there now that the economy, you know, things have changed over the years and starting to do things there again. Right. But I, I just went into that whole story because I, it's just to say that, when in the middle of this tragic thing, something yeah. beautiful happens, something beautiful is coming. So mm-hmm. for whatever it's worth, I mean, that was, and, that's, and I, I'll know, put a period on that little sentence there that I just said for the last. Sorry. Someone said, there's no short answer with Kathleen.
0: It really, it's, wow. I mean, that's so much, that's so much to unpack. Like there's so much that uh, that you've gone through in that, in that period of time. Like it really is just amazing. You know, the kind of, the kind of life you are leading, you know, I mean, like that's, you know, it's, it's, it's really incredible. And um, as you were talking and everything, I was just like, you know, you know, my life has not been, you know, like as, as not, has had the sort of tragedy, you know, tragic turns, but at the same time, it's just like, you know, the different twists and turns that, you know, that I've gone through have led me over here where I've, you know, I've, you know, done more than I could have thought possible. And it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been possible if I stayed in New York. Right. So, you know, like, and, Everyone, you know, like all my friends that always said, you know, like, I thought you would be like the last one, you know, standing, though, Every, all, everyone else would be going to like different states or different cities or anything. But you would always stay like in, in Manhattan and in Queens right. and everything. I was just like, you know, it just I wound up being like one of the first to, you know, to leave town, you know, with uh, with my wife and. We set it up, you know, we set up shop here, and it's been just, uh, it's been a real blessing. You know, like it obviously went through a rough patch at the beginning, sure. but um, you know, exactly. finding my way because we always do that. You know, um, but uh, but yeah, like I mean, I've done so much more here than I would have been able to do in New York, and this is some someone who loves New York. You know, um, right. I was right. thrilled to be there. But
1: um, in today's world, you're able to move elsewhere and still work and still, yeah, you're acting or writing or because the world's become smaller with all the internet and the, mm-hmm. the ability to do so much on and there's an airplane, you can always get in a plane and fly somewhere if you can do work. It's like me too. It's like, I don't need to stay in Los Angeles anymore. The way right. things have shifted. So my husband and I are talking like, where do we go? You know, right now we're staying here, but it's the possibility I'm open. Mm-hmm. I'm open to moving back to Europe. I mean, I'm open to all kinds of things because of that. It's like, well, if you do a audition, you know, now it's all self tape. You're not going to casting offices, right. off my English so that I can't. You know, we're not <laughs> going to casting offices. It's all on on Zoom or you, you know, self tape at home and then you send it. If you get the job, they fly you to Toronto or to Atlanta or somewhere. So. It's it's a whole different world. The world's definitely gotten smaller and I love that. You
0: don't have it really to really
1: you don't have to be in Los Angeles that aren't necessarily the warmest, fuzziest places in the world or a great place to base kids for you in this case.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So so when um so when you're in Hungary and you're dealing yeah. with uh you you know you're working in that in that you know, that country, that area and everything, and and getting into film and television and stuff, is there a distinct difference between how they do it and how it's done over in Hollywood? Like, are there, is it just like more streamlined over there? Or how, you know, like, what's the the difference between, like, uh, as you're uh, getting yourself, you know, firmly planted in Hungary versus, you know, working in New York and LA?
1: Well, at that time, the work just poured out towards me because they saw me in the press and the papers, the award. And then they just started offering me jobs at the film studio, wherever I, I was. It was just really, you know, phone calls, etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. So then the industry died and then it slowly started up again. Now in Hungary, there's, there's a lot of local production, but a lot of projects are going, because afl- the locations are just glorious. They, yeah. they shoot Paris there. They shoot um, all, all kinds of european old world films they shoot a lot of things there war movies because of they have incredible locations so the Mm -hmm. angels what is it the um um i'm trying to think these this television series uh anyway angel of Death. i mean there's all kinds of series of being the ill a the um berlin station anyway a lot of tv films tom hanks goes to film there a lot they, Brad oh, wow. Pitt just did a film there, I Spy Spy. A lot of films are shot there. So they're doing a lot of productions from other countries there.
0: Mm-hmm. And then they
1: do local hire. Yeah. But for me, it doesn't go, I don't want to go live there because local hire is like a get a day or you know, a line or something. And that's not what I've been doing the last couple of years or, so, or many years. That's not right. how my career is going. So that's not the kind of stuff that makes it financially viable either to go there and sit there and hope to get a, you know, A half a line on something but um but to go there to do a project would be fabulous yeah you know an american that's my dream get cast here (laughs) to do an american project that's being filmed there and then go live there and just i i love being there i i think especially because i'm it makes me feel very connected to my family and Yeah. That whole I'm there, and the food, and the smells, and the people, and the culture, and the music—it's just all of it. It's just so close to my heart. But how different it is! Sorry to get back to your question. It's—you know—it's a film. There's talented people there. They do film production. They do—they're brilliant. They're mm-hmm. the best. The, you know, everyone here. We we have spent a lot of time when you're, let's say, you're a makeup artist or something if you have a job you know you you do that but if in the meantime you'll go sell makeup or you'll do something else there or you sell shoes or here we waitress whatever it is we used you know when you're starting out but Mm -hmm. there that's all they do they Mm. don't do anything else so they're just like so focused and so talented and that's how they make their living you know they're just yeah so i i don't know i think actors we're all we're all similar creatures everywhere and the, the industry is beautiful there. So I, don't, I think one thing, though, is that they treat their actors with re- the culture. Yeah. If you're a, a musician or an artist or a, you know, a painter or a sculptor, or you recite poetry for a living, or you're an actor, you are an artist. And they are oh, revered God. there and respected. And they don't do that here. Here, oh, you're man, a, you're a say- number here.
0: I would I would so love I would so love to take it to, to take a trip over there just to just to experience that sort of feeling because yes. I mean yes. that seems like it's everything that every type of artist is just starving for over here because everything is all about the business it is and everything is all about everyone who is involved in this field because there are so many of us
1: yeah how expendable You know, and we're all expendable. There's no sense of you have value. You you know, your work is honestly, for me, it's always the fans that make me feel normal or make me feel appreciated. Uh, I shouldn't say normal. I said normal in the sense of that, you know, this is valid. What, what I have spent my life's work doing since I was a kid. Yeah. You know, just giving my heart and soul and not getting married, not having children, you know, traveling the world wherever I was needed as an actress. I mean, just, I don't know these were sacrifices that were smart or stupid. I don't know. But mm-hmm. I did them because I felt I want to commit my life to, to this career. And, yeah. you know, when the fans say, thank you, I'm going through chemo right now. And that hour, you made me laugh. You made me forget. And, and, you know, or my mother's dying and I have to thank you because you made me laugh or something. That is like five Oscar awards right there. Right. Teneties, because it's like, okay, good. Because all the work you do, all the years of it, no one says, you know, oh, that was great. No one gives you a lot of money. It, it just kind of do your life, even if you make a fortune. And that's another thing, you know, they're paying less and less. So it's, mm-hmm. it's a shrinking business. The big stars take the big bucks and the rest, everybody else, you know, is kind of like a number on the side and really don't have much validity or things of so value. So it's, it's a very, I want to say humbling, mm-hmm. humiliating many times mm. business. There's nothing oh. glorious, glorious about it. I, actually I was started writing another book years ago, which I'm working on, but it's called where's the glamour, mm. you know, and, and not to yeah. say anything, but it's, it's true. It's like, I love the work. I love the work. I it makes me happy to be able to create a character and share with the audience and make them laugh or cry or feel something. Cause I, Love that. I'm probably a better audience than an actor. I can Mm -hmm. sit there and I just drown myself and, you know, dive into the movie or into a play. I love live theater too. And just, you know, go with the people and they take me somewhere on a journey. So I I just know it's it's important work and there's no, there's no gratitude. There's no thanks. There's, you know, there's very little remuneration emotionally, professionally, financially in any way. So when the fans like the work, that's a big Mm -hmm. deal.
0: Yeah. And and one thing that I've noticed, and this is just from from a pure outsider's point of view, because um, I'm I wouldn't consider myself like a soap opera, you know, watcher or, mm-hmm. or fan or anything. But at the same time, I appreciate the fact that there is like there seems to be like this, you know, very, very big stable of actors and actresses that have such a connection with their fans that oh. it's, it's really remarkable just kinda, you know, seeing that and seeing the kind of, that sort of passion that the fans have for these characters. So, I mean, that some, you know, some people would maybe like, you know, denigrate the, the genre, but I think that there's a lot that it has so much to offer. And I think that there is something that, there's something to say for the type of reaction that it gets from the fans. So that's really, that's something that I feel like is something that I would, I, I, you know, like if to be involved with something like that, I think would be, would be pretty magnificent. So uh, when you were saying that, uh, that the fans really, you know, keep you going, what was your first interaction with the fans? Like when, when you realized that you were a part of something really special to them? So
1: it's it's really fantastic when you're um, dealing with the fans, General Hospital, because they watch us, you know, five days a week, 250 episodes a year or so. They know us, we're in their living rooms, they see us, they hear us, they listen to podcasts. I mean, they, they're just definitely, they know everything about us and they, they love, they hate you. And I started getting a lot of the people like, I hate you, I love you. But when I went, I did my first event, I was invited to do this couple, about five girls on stage and one of them uh, played my daughter. And I went up on stage and the audience went ballistic. They started screaming and clapping and booing everything. It was a cacophony of all kinds of sounds. And afterwards I went into the audience and even if they hate you, they love you. They love to hate you, I guess. And people were telling me, I love to hate your character. And it was really sweet. It was, they were hugging and kissing and it was such a, a warm familial feel. Everyone was just like, like a big, one giant family. I'm not sure that's the right word, but it was just like this one giant family. And we mm-hmm. were hugging everyone. And, and it was just a, this lovely experience. And um, then also there's these these boards, these websites, wherever. They, my husband and I, we started reading them. And oh, it was just vitriolic. I hate her. She's so evil. She's so mean. And then then it started to become we love to hate, you know, again, that whole thing, how awful she is. She's so mean that we adore her. We're crazy about her. We want to see more of her. You want to see her kill more people and torment and kidnap and all kinds of stuff. So after a while, I, had to stop. <laughs> I literally had to stop. It was, it was very good for my ego for about, you know, a couple of days. And I was like, okay, this is mind-boggling. I stopped it. I haven't looked at any of that stuff since. But I'm on Twitter right. and Facebook and Instagram and people post. But they're kind. And, you know, the ones who hate me, I love it. They hate me. I'm doing my job. That's, you know, mm-hmm. my character is supposed to be hateable, except the odd time when I do something charming, which is rare. So, you know, it's, I really embrace the whole thing. The fans have been fantastic. So that's, again, that's just, that's when I knew that these fans are amazing. They, they, yeah. You know, so fans, and not just for our show, General Hospital, but the few, there's four shows left. These are hardcore fans that they live and breathe by us. This has been around, this show has been, general hospital has been on for 57 years i believe so these fans, wow. you have to understand they've grown up with us they they know the story they know the history they watched it with their moms and their grandmothers and their aunts and uncles i mean it's a big deal and i know yeah. i have my favorite show so i totally get it and if it goes off the air i'm, I'm a mess where's my show i want to see it. i feel like it was, <laughs> my arm has been taken off or something so i i get it and you know but also <laughs> Because it's such a family film, a lot of these people come up, these guys and girls, and then oh, I watched this with my mom when I was a kid, and so I still love it. And it has such a powerful value, you know? And the, mm-hmm. and the, and the show's great. The writers are great. The people, you know, the actors are great. So it's a really wonderful job. It's just hard work. There's tons of material, and you you know you work like a machine. You get it done. You go and you do the next day, you do the same thing. It, it is hard work, but it's a great job, and the people are fantastic that work on the I mean, show. And,
0: And it's also um, from now, you know, stop me if I'm uh, wrong about this, but there's no reboot for these kinds of shows. Like they just keep on going, they keep on developing and everything as they go. Right. They're not going to just suddenly start over and just say like, you know, it's a brand new general hospital. Like, or, you know, it's. No, no,
1: no. It's a continuation story that's been going on this show for 57 years, other shows for 50 years, 40 years. So this, no, it's just, you know, evolving, not rebooting, but evolving, I guess you could say
0: that that is something that i i think is fantastic is like i the the whole thing like if you're gonna if you're gonna do like any sort of you know soft reboot or anything like that if you're gonna on you know like keep keep your one foot in the previous continuity and then you know kind of tail off and start another one that's one thing but you know, there are so many different things that just decide to just like kind of wipe the slate clean and just say like, none of that matters. It's now this, you know, and that just drives me nuts. You know, yeah. As as a fan of of various things, so you know, like yeah, so, um, so one thing that uh, that a lot of daytime programming is also taking advantage of is the digital medium. And yeah. so, so you, um, so I understand that your first uh, Emmy nomination was for a miniseries, correct, called Winterthorn? Correct. Yep, yeah. so tell us a little bit about that. How did, you get involved? How did you get involved in that one?
1: I was invited to meet the director by his wife, who's Hungarian. And ah. she knew about my career in Hungary. And she said to her husband, you have to meet this girl. She's been working on a soap opera here. I've seen her work and other things, but I know her work from Hungary. You mm-hmm. should meet with her. So I met him, Michael Caruso, and mm-hmm. his wife Arby Caruso. I have been working with them on several projects since since Winterthorn. We've worked together a lot. Love these guys. They're talented, brilliant. Um, they've they've been nominated on every project they've ever done. They've had at least one or two Emmy nominations. And um, they also did I played Winterthorn was it's a, it's a story about women who rule men through mm. Candy, there was this giant uh, candy industry that I was the head of, oh. and we control the women, control the men through the candy by uh, putting in a little poison, a little mo- you know, whatever.
0: It's just, hey there. So
1: all <laughs> it, was, it was very interesting. It was kind of a cross between, I'm trying to think of a cup, you know, example, like, uh, you know, what movies, but, but it's very. It was really fun. I mean, I was murdered with a piece of red licorice,
0: strangled to death. But, you know, it's like, that is awesome. <laughs> <It was> awesome. <laughs> what a way to go. <laughs> it's
1: fantastic and really unique. Michael writes the coolest stuff. He's really good. Anyway, that was called Winterthorn. And this last piece I did was called A Mermaid for Christmas that I, did, I got my second Emmy nomination on. And that mm-hmm. was a very sweet movie from Amazon Prime, if anyone wants to watch it. It's, it's sort of a hallmarking vibe. Lifetime would have been vibe, if you will and it, mm-hmm. it was just really charming the acting the really good actors in it really sweet story and uh i played the the mom of uh the boy who possibly falls in love with a mermaid i i that's ah. okay in case anyone wants to see it i don't want to give you the spoiler but the one, the mom who possibly could become the mother mother in law of a mermaid so how's that but very sweet and that's it Loved every minute of it. These guys are just great. Michael Crusoe he's smart. He's talented. He's, you know, he writes great stuff. He directed it. He was lovely to work with. Barbie is a fantastic partner for him. She she, she and him, they executive produced with Kyle Lauder. They did a great job. Just a warm, charming film and great people to work with. So, you know, I just, I love doing different, different projects. I love doing film and television and audio books. I'm in the middle of uh, just recorded a really, good audiobook and I'm working on another one. So a lot, a lot of fun things and writing my books. have been very busy cooking and, yeah. and, and, and exercising and playing house and sometimes just <laughs> doing nothing. <laughs> so,
0: I was, I was actually, that was actually you know, like, uh, going to be my next question as well regarding, uh, regarding audio books. Um, what was it about that that made you kind of like segue into adding that to your plate?
1: I never thought about it actually, but about 10 years ago, Gregory Itzen, who he played the American president, uh, the president of the United States, I should say.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And in, on 24, we worked together for about two years.
0: Oh, nice. Back in, I don't know,
1: 2005, 2006. Anyway, around that time, he recommended me. They were looking for uh, this, this company, audiobook company. was looking for someone who could do languages, accents, strong acting, whatever. And he recommended me, referred me to them. They needed someone. It was called the Russian, Russian Winter just mm-hmm. a beautiful book it was my first book there were like 930 pages and oh. 50 different characters the lead was a russian ballerina and of course i could really speak to that mm-hmm. i speak hungarian enough russian spanish french and english and some german to be proficient enough if i have to and i do a lot of accents that's my favorite wow. thing because so i can because wow. my family used to make fun of my parents with their thick hungarian accents and they're like, why you make fun of me? And it's like, oh, I love your accent. So that that yeah. really helped a lot with my career, actually. Coming yeah. back to Hollywood, just to digress for a second, as a 40-year-old, and they were like, Well, you're too old for Hollywood. What are you doing here? Go back to Hungary. And I'm like, right. excuse me, just because I'm 40, someone's gonna need a mom or a sister or a teacher or some evil doctor or something. So <laughs> I'm glad that, you know, you can't listen to the noise. I always I just like to throw these things in because I, I learned it took me a long time to learn these. Tools, you know, don't right. listen to noise. Don't listen to other people's opinions. Just have yours. Just you know, forge on it like a horse with blinders. Just forge your path. Never mind what everyone says. You know, just listen to yourself. If you eventually feel like you're not in the right path, change it. But otherwise, just do do your do you you do you. Never yeah. mind
0: what. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: But um, where were we? where were we? <laughs> talking
0: about audiobooks <laughs> <laughs> sorry talking about your uh doing your first audio book
1: oh sorry yeah no no yeah. so i uh, i'm so i was invited to do this this book and again it was my first book, but it was 930 pages i'm like i didn't know i had nothing compared to and i won my first audible um earphones award for my first Excellent. book it was it was fantastic experience doing the book and then i won this award as well which was really exciting and I mean, there, were, there was little kids in the in the book and this ballerina who became this old Russian woman and I, then I had to age her voice with a Russian mm-hmm. accent and there were things in, spoken in Russian. Then there was yeah. French character and a British character and a girl from Boston and there was just wow. so many male, female up and I, each one I gave a different voice to and a different character and a different rhythm and it's just like working on camera. You create yeah. each character, you fill it out, you round it. The only difference is you prepare it just like you're about to perform it on camera, but you you record it, and yeah. you have to memorize it. So, right. 930 pages, and you have you know a week or two to prepare. It's not always uh, it's not something you can memorize 900 pages. So right. anyway, it, and, it, and it was just so fun, and I loved it, and I was acting my part out. And since then, I that was 10 years ago, and I think I've done almost 100 books since then, and I've won five Audible Earphone Awards for other other books too. So I've just been really grateful for that. And it's just been really, cause I keep acting. It's not always on camera, but mm-hmm. if I'm, I'm not doing a film or TV show in some country or other, then I, I and I'm offered to do a book. I'll, and I have the time I will do it. And it's just so fun. I really, really do. And I'm going to start doing them at home too. We're just setting up a studio. So as been oh, making a nice little fantastic.
0: studio.
1: So it's fun. It's really cool. And I know you do them too.
0: I do. Oh yeah and and yeah you know, I am so glad that uh that you that Joel referred you to come onto this show and into my life because you 've already been like just so incredibly inspiring to me just hearing this whole you know, like this entire story um i mean it's just been it 's just been remarkable so um one thing that I would definitely um ask of you ask of you is if a um for any sort of like up and coming Person who you know wants to get into acting or um, or um, writing, audiobook narrating, whatever the case. You know, like, what sort of advice would you have for them who are you know like who are trying you know trying to find their craft and really kind of find their niche and you know and go forward with it?
1: There's nothing else to say except study. I mean, learn your craft. Yeah. take classes take courses i mean there's so much you can do on zoom right now if you and people well this is not a good time this is a great time there's so much mm-hmm. offered pick the people the shows that you love do workshops with those people you know get into a serious acting class i mean i studied again for 10 years so i can't people are like well i'm going to be famous in half an hour what do i do and i, I just can't even talk to those people i get right. that all the time or who do i email to become a soap star i mean I, you know leave me alone <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't have the patience for that because, because I know all the work that went into it. I know all the work mm-hmm. that continues to go into it. And yeah. people have no idea that, you know, you need to study and you need to work hard and you need to and yes, some people are, you know, they're born and they show up at the right coffee shop and someone offers them a job, but it's rare, maybe one yeah. in a million. Most people have to study, have to learn their craft. So when you have the opportunity to audition for something, you're ready. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what you're doing. You're not just pretty or you're the son of someone who's who's a famous actor. I mean, you know your stuff because right. you want to get work because you know what you're doing. And they're not going to hire you unless you know what you're doing anyway. There's just too much money involved. It's too big a business for anyone to take chances anymore. Absolutely. The old Hollywood, maybe you're pretty and you can get a job. They can't do that anymore. You have yeah, to. Yeah, they, can, they
0: can't just like, they can't all of a sudden just like, you know, grab someone off the street and then mold them. They don't have the no. time for that. It's no. just like, you know, if you, you know, do you have what it takes? You know, like, look, you know, like you, they can, it's one thing to, you know, to be spotted, you know, getting in your car or getting out of your you're car. five years old or 10. Yeah. yeah. But if you don't have the talent to back it up, if you don't have that work and everything, then, you know, who's somebody gonna...
1: just wants to boink you. Yeah.
0: Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Did I say that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you, On that you note. You <laughs> have to have the craft. You have to know what you're doing. So study. People have asked me, I've coached people and I mm-hmm. tell them, you know, this is great. You know, Get the material, read scripts, you, you know, watch your favorite show, write down, type it out, do the transcript, you know, something and then practice at home, but mm-hmm. definitely take classes so you know what you're doing on camera. Do theater too. I mean, again, I spent 10 years in New York doing theater. There's no better training than theater. Do yeah. community theater, whatever it takes to study. Mm-hmm. There's Absolutely. no shortcut. I don't know a yeah. shortcut. If anybody asks me for a shortcut, I don't have one.
0: Right. I right. Else <laughs> so I do. So I do have to ask. Um, with everything that you've done, are there like any specific genres or anything that you haven't gone in yet that you'd be interested in in going forward with? Mm,
1: I have done so many different um, things. I don't know. I maybe motion capture. You know, where they put a suit on you and you move kind of weird, and it's sort of like an animation. Yeah. Thing, but I've done. I've done a lot of voice work on. on animation and cartoon series and things. So I, I don't know. I just keep looking for new fun roles. That's yeah. my dream, you know, work on different shows, maybe travel around during the shows. Maybe not today, but you know, when this right. is, maybe in the next a year or two. <laughs>
0: yes. <Yeah. laughs> Once <laughs> no, everything kind of settles down. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, I just, just love new opportunities, new projects, go back to General Hospital if they need me, you know, just wherever, just work on stuff. I don't really have like another, I think I've done so many different genres. I'm not really sure. Things that I have I haven't done yet.
0: Yeah, and uh, and I would be completely remiss if I did not mention um, and ask you to elaborate on uh, one of those one of those projects that you had been involved in, which is Fear the Walking Dead. Um, now, how did you get involved with uh, you know with that you know because it's that's that's a very you know like high profile uh, franchise to be a part of.
1: I auditioned. I got uh, called in for an audition for it had a. F- fake name because you know it's a big franchise I didn't want anyone to know and Mm -hmm. I'm just glad that I didn't know because I probably would have been even more (gasps) panicked oh my god it's the Fear the Walking Dead franchise (laughs) um I forget what they called it It was something like 225 dinosaurs anyways some funny name (laughs) but um I got cast on that to play the Deirdre the Stewardess on the Fear the Walking Dead flight 462 this flight going to hell and they were these interstitial uh, pieces they showed in between the walking dead to get people. It was the pre prequel to season two of fear of the walking dead. So it was kind of, it was a fun, a, a fun place, how they did that, but the, it was fantastic. I worked with six other actors. Again, the show was nominated for two Emmys. It was this amazing project. The actors were great. We filmed in, um, I think it's called air Hollywood out, out mm-hmm. in, in where they have a whole studio with airplanes. I think George Clooney filmed there, which mean, is a great place where chunks in inside airplane, outside airplane, and we're all in an airplane. Right. And then a zombie and this, you know, bitten and I'm bitten and turn into, it was just so much fun. It wow. was one of my favorite things I've done. I mean, each job I fall in love with, you know, you ha- it's so hard to like, Oh, I have to go home. No, no, no. You know, because you, you, you get to work with the people and the actors and then you create a family and then you do the story and you're telling story and it's fun and, and you have this bond. We're still, actually, we're all still good friends. We get together every now and then, the whole cast. And one girl had a baby. I mean, it was just, we all went to the Emmys together. It mm-hmm. is, it's a really special group. So I was cast by auditioning.
0: That is so cool that's and that's great, i mean like that's that's what that 's what it's all about, you know, like you had put in the work for so many years you 've gotten the experience and then you get you know get an opportunity like this and you know like these sort of opportunities they don't come out of thin air as much as people want to romanticize the whole thing and, and think that they do you know like it's the fact that you put in the work and you've you know like worked as hard as you did as you did, you paid your dues, and you know things are things are are blossoming right now I think that's I think that's fantastic and I'm thrilled for you you know to I have
1: to tell you a story though about the soap because a lot of people are like so how do I become a famous soap star
0: yeah I
1: met Mark Teshner who says he's won like nine Emmys casting director wonderful casting director Mm -hmm. I met him I well let me I guess this is the end of the story but 2000 (laughs) I met him 14 years before I got the audition for the role of Dr. Liesl Obrecht that was a two-day role Mm-hmm. 14 years previously, I had gone, did a workshop. I met the casting director because I, when I first came back to LA, I didn't know anyone or I first came to LA after New York and Europe and Canada, et cetera. So I came, I didn't know anyone. So I did these workshops so the casting people would know who the heck I am.
0: Mm-hmm. I met
1: him. I kept in touch with him for 14 years. You know, every month or every two months, I would send out a Kathleen Gaddy news bulletin to all the casting people I, I had met or wanted to meet. I just did this. I just did that, et etc. et cetera. So that's,
0: I did, that's pretty brilliant. Do, do a lot of people do that or is it?
1: I, I don't know, but I, I haven't done it as much. I'm starting to do it again, but mostly through emails and some, you know, on the IMDB you can find some people's emails and some people I've been in touch with over the years, Some people I've worked with, so I have their contacts. So I've, I've been reaching out to saying, hi. hope you're doing well. Right. And I'm alive and just got my second Emmy nomination. Love to work with you again. So just kind of keeping in touch nice. somehow, you know, mm-hmm. that way. and, uh, 14 years later he called me in for an audition he goes yeah we met a while ago and i you, you've kept in touch with me and uh i have a role Do you can german accent because i would say you know i just did this play or just did a film i played an austrian or a german or a russian and whatever it is and so he said yeah it's a part of a, of a german so swiss german so please come and audition and i did audition with a whole bunch of women and i got the two-day role flash mm. forward eight years later i've done about 400 episodes gratefully yeah. Wow. Because of something I met, you know, I met the cast director 14 years before and kept doing, I mean, it's like, I don't know if everything in life has to be so hard, but you know, just Mm -hmm. kept sending emails, kept sending, you know, not emails, but you know, cards and postcards and whatnot. So again, I don't know shortcuts, but it took 14 years to have that audition that led to a job, a two day job that has turned into this beautiful eight year story.
0: That's, that's magnificent. And you know, I, wow. I I really can't think of a bet, of a better story to, you know, to wrap the, wrap up this episode on. Where can our n- new fans of yours discover you? Where can they where else can they uh, where else can they find you on social media?
1: I'm on Twitter, on mm-hmm. Facebook, I'm on Instagram. I'm I'm active and not active depending on my how busy I am, but I'm at Gatty Tweets, G A T I Tweets on Instagram and and twitter twitter 's my main thing it 's easy, and I know how to do it instagram mm-hmm. it 's above my my age group or below my age group or something it 's i 'm still learning <laughs> how to be groovy on that i 'm not as groovy as I should be but so in, so twitter's my main thing, but also i 'm on Facebook, I have a Facebook page, and I have a, a private one that 's already full. I think you can only have five thousand or something so it's, i, I can 't take in more people, but you 're welcome to participate, I guess if you want or send comments. Um, and if I don't answer it, means I didn't see it. Cause it's just, it's so sweet. People are, it was my birthday and I think there were like 5,000 or 10,000 things. and It was so
0: kind. Wow.
1: But I feel bad. Cause I don't, you know, a lot of people I don't know, they know me, but I don't know them. Mm-hmm. And, and I just say thank you to everyone who wished me happy birthday and sends things, but I don't always see, I try to respond to everything. Cause I do appreciate every single message from every fan. It means everything, but yeah. I don't always see it. So if I don't respond, I apologize. It means I haven't seen it.
0: Okay. Well, uh, well let, let me also, let me also just say, you know, like happy belated birthday. You know, since I since I have the moment to, to actually uh, have your attention and say that <laughs> I am so excited for what's to come from Kathleen. And I hope that all of you are too. So, so for Kathleen uh, Gatti, this is George Roy saying to all of you ever upward and I'll see you next week.